0: So I ran into an article um, about a week or so ago that cited a Dr. Karen Ephraim. She's the president of the Education Liberty Watch organization, which is an organization that takes a very kind of limited gov pro-parental rights approach to education. Um, And Dr. Ephraim was making a case against social emotional learning in the classroom. She was calling it a fad and that the core of social emotional learning should remain at home. ...rather than the classroom. It was a pretty hot take. Um, And just to clarify for everyone, social-emotional learning, as defined by the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning... ...defined it as the process through which children and adults understand and manage emotions, set and achieve positive goals, feel and show empathy for others establish and maintain positive relationships, and make responsible decisions. So she was saying bringing that into a curriculum format into the classroom was a fad, it's not working, and it's a waste of time. So, hot take. I wanted some more insight on that, so I'd like to welcome Stephanie M. Jones. She's a professor of education at Harvard's Graduate School of Education. Stephanie, good to have you calling in. How are you doing today?
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So, Stephanie, after reading over this, um, looking at what Dr. Karen Ephraim said, what are your initial thoughts on her take here?
1: Uh, Well, my first thought is it's really not faddish. Social-emotional learning is the bread and butter of good teaching. So uh, when you think about what a child or a young person needs to do to be successful in the classroom... They need to be able to kind of focus their thinking, shift their attention to capture what's being offered in the classroom from the teacher. They need to be able to manage their behavior to uh, to uh, capture the information that the teachers are sharing. They need to have positive relationships with people, and they need to manage their feelings. So if you think about what a learner needs to do to access the information in the classroom, it's all these kinds of things, and those are what... Social emotional learning is,
0: and what are your thoughts on the place of social emotional learning in the classroom versus the home, and how do they maybe do you think work together to um, you know to to really propagate a, a solid curriculum of empathy and positive relationships?
1: Well, so uh, social emotional skills and competencies are important everywhere, and. Sure. Uh, they absolutely support learning and they are fostered through relationships at home, through experiences with uh, parents and other important adults, and they are fostered through experiences in school with important school adults. So, uh, every one of those settings is an opportunity to learn these skills and competencies, to see adults model them to learn from adults, who have information about them and to practice them. So so I don't really see it as something that sits in one setting or another because it's really about uh, kind of a human characteristic that it crosses all of these different settings.
0: And kind of what I've personally um, built uh, an opinion around is that when you look at some of the access that students have to... um, to a solid, uh, I guess, focused, emotionally based learning platform. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a convoluted way of saying, like, like when when you look at what sort of resources they have available to them, they don't always have, you know, a, a stable family life at home. They don't always have access to speak to someone or learn from someone in an emotionally enriching way at home. And so, I think that's important to remember too. Is that sometimes they're only getting that kind of positive exposure at school with their teachers. Um, And I think that's important to remember as we think about the difference in place or like, where should we be teaching kids about social emotional learning in the home or the classroom?
1: So uh, I completely agree. There's a huge uh, variety of of individual experience. So kids have uh, um, access to um, resources or don't. And, and, um, what we have to think about is really uh, what do different adults have to offer in different settings? Some kids may not um, have access to social-emotional supports at home, but they really can get them at school. But also, you know, school adults and home adults offer all sorts of different things, and those settings are so different. So kids have an opportunity to learn different things in different places. And so it's it's not something... Um, that just doesn't exist in school and only exists at home, that doesn't doesn't really make make any sense because it's about uh, attention and behavior and emotions, and that's happening all the time. It's also happening out in communities and in uh, sports teams and um, out-of-school time activities. So it's really relevant everywhere.
0: Yeah. And I think what's interesting about social-emotional learning is that it's also been... Um, relatively commoditized as of late, there are a lot of businesses uh, specifically education technology companies that are are seeing this as a fruitful endeavor um, they They see business around it as booming, and so they want to slice they want to try their hand at developing um, some sort of social emotional learning game or platform or curriculum. Right. Have you seen this be a general benefit or negative or somewhere in the middle uh, to the overall longevity and success of social-emotional learning?
1: Well, so I guess a couple of things about that. One is that um, we have tons of evidence that uh, programs, strategies, practices that target social-emotional skills and competencies in schools are effective. So we have uh, correlational studies that tell us about why these skills are important. We have um, randomized control trials of programs that are implemented in schools that tell us what we could expect when we actually target these skills and competencies directly. And then we have like studies of studies that give us a sense of overall what's the impact of uh, programs that target these kinds of skills, both in the social, emotional, and behavioral areas, but also in academic outcomes. And one of the most uh, kind of key findings of the last decade is that When you implement a program in social-emotional learning, uh, and this is true of many different types of those programs, you can expect to see a boost in social-emotional skills, but also in academic outcomes, even if they are not the direct target of the program. So that's led, as you suggest, a lot of folks to get interested in this area and to see about uh, how they might build, design um, programs, approaches, whether they are designed for in the classroom and in person or online, and there's lots of people getting involved. I think the thing to remember is that we want to stick closely to the evidence. So when we're designing something for the classroom, whether it's a a product that, that happens online or something that happens in the classroom, we have to use what we already know about what's effective to design it so we can expect it to be effective
0: right exactly yeah i mean it doesn't hurt to always keep the data handy and i think that's what we see across all industries is people are putting that emphasis on the numbers on the research and yeah. using that as a basis to inform larger decisions and so it it's it's encouraging to see that that is the basis for pushing social emotional learning forward um and i'm interested in seeing how it continues to develop in tangible ways as it gets integrated into more curriculums uh, across the nation.
1: Yeah, great.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining us. Again, we were chatting with Stephanie M. Jones, professor of education at Harvard's Graduate School of Education. We'll chat again soon. Okay, thanks. This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Fridays at 8 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com.